Hello everyone and welcome to Fascinating Nouns, your stopping point for incredible people, places, things, and ideas. Here we explore this curious nexus point of the strange, unusual, offbeat, bizarre, intriguing, interesting, invigorating, quirky, quaint, quizzical, weird, wild, wacky, the fun, the frivolous, and the fringe. I'm your host, Daniel J. Glenn. Now tonight we stray a little off topic and kind of detour from the theme a little bit with my guest Libby Clearfield. I think fascinating is a stretch. You know, that's a $5 word. You know, I got like a buck 50 in my pocket. Interesting, maybe I would describe her. Maybe, depending on the day, depending on the topic. You know, it's very subjective where she falls along that spectrum. All right, you got me. Bad joke. I'm totally kidding. Libby is easily one of my most favorite people on the planet. And that's not hyperbole for all you haters out there. She is, I don't know a lot of people on the planet. I don't, I don't like a lot of people on the planet. And I like her. She's on the planet. She's one of my most favorite people. Let's just leave it at that. She's just released her first book. It's a kid's book entitled There's a Rainbow in the Mud. She released it under the pen name Libby Beth, not to be confused with Libby Clearfield, which she's releasing her next book, which is a choose-your-own-adventure. It's, great. it's a great theme. It's a choose-your-own-adventure dating memoir. You can read the book in numerous chronological order, alphabetical order, um, you know, by topic. It's pretty cool. She did a great job. Um, that's an upcoming book. It's entitled uh, 101, uh, It's Probably Me, 101 Reasons Why I Should Be a Lesbian. She got the title, along with Herpes, from a lesbian. So it's all fitting. It all comes full circle. Well, let me thank you for putting up with my crap for all these years and deciding to put our differences aside and, and come on the show. Oh, thank you for having me, Dan. Well, let's, let's take this conversation down before we go back up. Okay. I just finished your best-selling children's book. Uh-huh. There's mud in the rainbow. There's the rainbow in the mud. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. This is... The problem with this book is that, it, number one, it's awesome. Number two, it is so sad. Like, it, it really... It is sad. It is. Now, you're a person who does a lot of cool things, so we're just going to focus on this first. I want to... Okay. Let's move some paper. Um, but it's so sad. Why, why did you make a sad children's book? Um, it's actually based on an experience that happened in my family. A few years ago, my brother and sister-in-law had a, <clears throat> a second child who was born with a debilitating disease, and she passed away 103 days after she was born. And they had an older daughter already at the time, Hannah, who was three years old. And Hannah had, had a lot of questions just about what happened to her sister and why it happened. And so I wrote the book actually for a course that I was taking at the time. We had an assignment to write a children's book. And this was just what came to mind and it came out of me and it was a way of just trying to help her grieve and understand the trauma of losing a family member. Well, it definitely feels very inspired. I mean, mm -hmm. it's, uh, I'm very sorry that that happened, but I mean, it, it hopefully that, so the plan is to take this book and, and help kids kind of deal with this. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to market it right now at different children's hospitals and hospices around the country, just uh, as a means of helping children understand and cope with the loss of a loved one, because I've found that there's not a whole lot of material out there right now that's geared towards this, and as much as I wish that there wasn't a need for it, there is. Yeah. Well, and I mean, you do a good job of, you know, it's similar to the Velveteen Rabbit in that. Mm -hmm. So you have, can I talk about the main characters? I'm not going to give anything away, <laughs> although, although it is short. So it's short. You can read in like a minute and a half. So, yeah. um, it's a, so, so it's about a child and her stuffed animal. Mm -hmm. And 
the stuffed so the stuffed animal becomes that's the she ends up having to separate from the stuffed animal right and so I mean have you thought about mer have you made the stuffed animal have you thought about merchandise I, this just came to me uh, like, I have not thought about that it's uh one step at a time. <laughs> Do it all at once. One step at a but time. But I, but I like where you're headed. Thank you. Now, here's what struck me about the book. Um, a couple of things I thought were interesting. Uh, the the kid's name is Shoshi. Yes. Is that Japanese? No, it's so actually. Does have to do with your fascination with mahjong? <laughs> Which is Chinese. Which is Chinese. <laughs> but all it's East all Asian cultures. What do I know? Um, I don't see color. <laughs> So, uh, don't, bring, don't bring racism to my show. Uh, well, then you bring up Shoshi. <laughs> so. What is Shoshi? Where did that... Shoshi is Hebrew, actually. Mm. And that name came about because the, the character is based on my niece, whose mm. name is Hannah. Mm -hmm. And her Hebrew name is Shoshana. And oh. the nickname for Shoshana is Shoshi. Oh, I, I like that. Um, and you took a pen name for this. I did. I did. I used my first and middle name rather than my last name. So it's... Libby uh, Beth. Libby Beth. So uh, I will have links to all this so people can buy this. <laughs> um, so as I was reading it, there were a couple of funny, funny moments, uh, gallows humor in uh -huh. the book that I didn't expect to find. <laughs> so one of the first things that happens is she spills <laughs> spaghetti sauce on this, on this stuffed animal. Yeah. And in the book, it looks like the bear is bleeding profusely. Like there's blood on its head. <laughs> it's like all over the place and on its face. Uh -huh. And it's, I was, I was kind of like, what the? And then the <laughs> next, and then like literally the next page is the dog gets, or the thing gets mauled by dog and it's yeah. stuffings all over the ground. I mean, right. so was there, what was going on in your life when you were writing this? <laughs> um, what man is this based on? Oh no. It's, it's actually, George Monkey, right? Is there a George Monkey is yeah. the name of the of this stuffed animal? See, I read it. I told you, <laughs> um, I'm familiar with the, with the material. <laughs> so, as I said, this uh, this story is based on the experience that happened with my two nieces mm. and the the baby who who passed away. Her name was Eva, and she was born. She had um, trisomy 18 was the name of her illness. And trisomine 18? Trisomy 18. It's a mm. genetic disorder based on the chromosome discrepancy. Mm -hmm. And she wasn't projected to even live more than 24 to 48 hours. She ended up living for 103 days. And when she was... My, my brother and sister-in-law knew that she had this when my sister-in-law was still pregnant. And they didn't know what she would look like when she came out, basically. And when she came out, she actually looked totally, she was very small, she was premature, and she, she weighed, I think, only like four pounds or something. So she was very little, but she looked okay, with the exception of one feature on her face, which was her, um, her nose and her mouth sort of bled into each other. And it was the kind of thing that would have resulted, should she, ha like, people are born this way, frequently and they just have a surgery at some point in their early years to remove it and that's how they end up with like a scar or something mm -hmm. just on like a like a hair lip kind of thing sure um but because she was too little she didn't have anything like that so it was important to me to have that feature represented in the book mm. because hannah never commented on it and that to me always really struck me because Hannah was three years old at the time that Eva was around and Hannah never said anything about like what is this on her face why does she look different than mm -hmm. other babies 
and she still she just looked at her and said this is my sister and I love her and that was that was it yeah so I really wanted to have a mark on George Monkey that would separate him from other quote-unquote normal stuffed animals sure so that's why he had this spaghetti splotch that was stuck on his face um, that's where that came from then the part with the stuffing um, you couldn't use like oatmeal it had to be blood red spaghetti sauce <laughs> <laughs> well I wanted something that would be jarring yeah. so well, it was jarring <laughs> you're like making it sound like it's, it's, it's a tiny, brutal ma- it's a tiny brutal. little dot <laughs> you didn't see the pictures that I saw he's got coming out of his head and on his ears well but and... if you notice that was all cleaned off it was just the part on his that, face that is true. that wasn't that didn't yeah. make it there's a lot of levels to this book this is there's, there's there a lot are, of thought that went into this there's a lot of thought that went yeah. into this it was like some crayons and a pencil no and like... I mean even her dress is very intentional so yeah. what she's wearing yeah. but um so the stuffing the stuffing was because Eva also began to she had a she was already very thin and and small and had a difficult time eating and you know getting any nutrient nutrients but um, she also I wanted to represent how she started to just sort of fade and mm. like the, her last few weeks she was slowly deteriorating in health and so it wasn't a shock when she actually did pass away mm-hmm. so I wanted to just have something in the book that could represent that the monkey was on his way out mm-hmm. so and one of the other interesting things in the book mm-hmm. is that you don't there's a part in it where you where it says God mm-hmm. but it says G hyphen D yeah is that because you're supposed to say Yahweh or is that just a no, Jewish thing it is a Jewish thing um, it's it, it stems from the idea that you're not ever supposed to write the name of God on something that could be potentially thrown away mm. and just as a means of respect. And even though in modern day that's been adapted a lot and that sort of viewpoint is not as strict, mm-hmm. I was still sort of adhering to it. You think people are going to throw this book away? I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> but that's why it's, I mean, Sacred texts is really the only the only place where you're allowed to write God. I did not know that. Mm-hmm. Um, so this, uh, so the idea for this book now to get it, have you thought about going to the libraries? I mean, a lot there's a lot of kids at libraries. Sure, as any pedophile will tell you. I mean, have you thought about going there and <laughs> and reading? Sure. Um, yeah, like I said, I'm I'm marketing it primarily right now at children's hospitals and hospices but of course I'm also looking at libraries and bookstores and um, schools nursery schools now are you planning another book one a little more uplifting or are you going to stick with the, the very morose kind of gothic theme of <laughs> <laughs> um, I have no idea hmm. is is the honest response I have another book that I'm writing right now that is a complete 180 from that mm-hmm. um, because I never intended when I wrote there's a rainbow in the mud for it to become like a series. It was just, it was really <laughs> something that I wrote just for this class. And it turned into, I never even, when I wrote it, I never even had thought of getting it published. But um, when I wrote it for this class and the response that I got from my classmates and teachers and the librarians that had come to hear us read our stories, mm-hmm. I just got a really positive response and it made me sort of motivated to see where it could go. What was the class that you wrote it for? I was getting my teaching credential and it was through this program called Delet and mm. it 
and it was a course that I was taking on reading language and literature and our assignment was to write a children's story. And this is what you chose. So you, you had written it. Now, when you write it, is it written like a comic book? Is it like, here's the illustration, here's the... Well, we actually, we were supposed to write it as if it was in its entirety with, it, with illustrations and everything. I struggled with the illustrations for it a lot because mm -hmm. I'm not... I had a clear idea in my head of what I wanted the illustrations to look like, and I know that I'm not capable of <laughs> of drawing them. Well, I've seen you draw; it's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, th thank you. And then so, you asked me, and my drawings are just as bad. But so I actually tried a few different people that I know who are who are talented artists, and uh, had them sketch out some some pieces for me, and they were good, but they also weren't really what I was looking for. And so when I presented it to the class, I had, I had the entire story and I had it written, I had it presented the way that it's presented in the book of like one sentence per page, mm -hmm. but I sh didn't have the illustrations to go along with it. I showed them the illustrations after that I had, but those were changed. So one sentence per page, so you turned in 52 pages, like the manuscript on each page there was one sentence when you gave it to them? Well, we read it aloud to the class, so I, I everybody came like up to a podium and presented and like read, read their story oh. to to the class okay so your next so you said you're already working on another book yeah and this has so this is the continuing story story of things tragic things happening to Shoshi or is it <laughs> a series of unfortunate it's already been done <laughs> a series of unfortunate events of of the book that I'm currently writing yeah what what, what are you currently writing uh, that is Shoshi is is no more, and um, that is a. So you need to write that. You need to write the book where she becomes no more. Oh God! Like Let's, just uh, no. God forbid. Um, <laughs> Shoshi's not a real person. That yes, Shoshi is not a real person. But um, thank you for the reminder. You're welcome. <laughs> These are fantasy worlds we're building. So your new book. What my is my new book is a complete 180 from mm. from There's a Rainbow in the Mud. This one is a memoir on my dating experiences mm. over the years, and it is called It's Probably Me: 101 mm. Reasons to Be a Lesbian. <laughs> Has Glad been involved in this? Are they? Do they, <laughs> they like your title? I got my title from a lesbian. So is that right? Yeah. Yeah. So does she does she appear in approval. the does she appear in your book as part of your dating experience? No, she she appears in my acknowledgments as mm. the person who provided me with my title. <laughs> so. Um, so, have you had weird experiences? Is that why? Are they? I assume I, if you're writing a book about it, you expect other people to want to read it. Uh, yeah, uh, I I do think that I've had some some interesting experiences. Uh, in my dating years, um, mm -hmm. not only where I think that the the guy did something that was questionable, but many times when I did something that was questionable, particularly in hindsight, where I'm like, mm -hmm. oh yeah, I'm the one who messed that up. <laughs> and, so, and you admit this openly. Oh yeah. So is the book? The book's very uh, self-depreciating. Yeah, yeah. Well, sure. uh, give me some highlights. What's uh... I mean, we've been sexually involved. I don't know if the world needs to know that, but I, I, I feel like I might appear in this book. Yeah, yeah. you uh, you very well might. Under a, under a different name. So. <laughs> Thanks for not putting me out there. I appreciate that. So you'll never know. <laughs> so what happens in the book? In in our story? No, oh. I don't need, we don't need to. We don't, I don't need to put my laundry out there. For <laughs> um, 
Well, it's it's literally 101 sort of vignettes mm. of, uh, it's not going through entire relationships with individuals, it's going through single events, mm. usually in like a period of time that lasts anywhere between five minutes to an hour. So you give no context. <laughs> there's a little bit of there's there's a little bit of background that sort of floats in. Um, yeah. But As but needed. actually but actually no like there's not all there's not always context. Okay, good. Okay, <laughs> good. I wouldn't want anyone to understand what's going on and have a point of reference for these crazy stories. So what? Give me give me a story. Give me an example. And uh, you also have an interesting uh, narrative structure, right? I mean, like, let's talk about that first. So you, it's a choose-your-own-adventure. It is. It's okay. a choose-your-own-adventure format. Much like life. Choose-your-own-adventure. Indeed, mm-hmm. indeed. So um, the, the way that it is set up is that there are, I, I'm a big movie fanatic, and so the titles of each film is a, or I'm sorry, the titles of each chapter is the name of a film that came out in that year. And the reason that I did that is because mm. I didn't want to outright say what year these stories take place. The earliest one actually happened in 1990. It was when I was 10 years old because it's not all, they're not all dating. It's more about like crushes and mm. different, exp- so, like my first uh, boyfriend was when I was in okay. fifth grade. And so it's the story of how, how that came to be. Okay. So um, they're not all sexual experiences. Oh God, no. So, um, but because of that, I ended up rating each chapter, like giving it a rating of PG, PG-13, or R, depending <laughs> on how crass or crude or uh, inappropriate, questionable mm-hmm. the story is. I did that primarily because I know that my brothers and my dad want to read it, but are terrified. <laughs> and Why prob- would they ever want to read this book? Because they want to, they they want to be supportive. <laughs> they love me, which is nice. <laughs> right. But at the same time, I, I am horrified at the notion of them finding out some of these pieces of my life. So um, so I put these ratings as a means right. of saying, hey, maybe just read the PG. Yeah. If you're really feeling crazy, the PG thirteen. You think that they're gonna do that? Um, they've been forewarned. Mm. That's. Do I think they're gonna do that? Yes, until their friends come and say, hey, did you read this story? Oh, and yeah. then just tell them about it. That's so weird. It's very weird. And I'm, I'm still sort of grappling with that a little bit. But yeah. Well, I mean, it's got to be strange to have, I mean, it's that weird line. I mean, like I, you know, I don't use a lot of bad words and stories in, in this because although my mom doesn't really listen to this, if she <laughs> does, I don't want her to, you know, find out the more shady parts of my life sure so i imagine but it's a book i mean you know yeah no one around her is going to listen to it and say like hey you know this is what your son does you know but for you it's there you've written it out you know Mm -hmm. how much do you embellish i mean is it are these pretty accurate i try to keep them pretty accurate um there is a little bit of embellishment just for purposes of comedy sure but um not much the stories are all true yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> all right. So that's the first problem, I guess. You don't want your family to read it. But other than that, everyone else should get a kick out of these things. And so, okay. you, so you can read them out of order then. Right. Oh, yes. Sorry. Yeah. I digressed. Yeah. Um, I said choose your adventure. You started talking about movies. <laughs> right. So. Who's, let me control the interview. I'll ask the question right here. Um, so, yes. The choose your own adventure is at the end of each chapter you can choose to either read the next story that happened in chronological order mm-hmm. or the next story that happens sort of on the same theme of mm-hmm. let's see how she's not learned from this lesson. <laughs> and 
So you can read, or you can read it in the order that they are in the pages, which is alphabetical by the title. So wow. So there's three different ways to read the story. Each, and there are different epilogues as well, depending on which avenue you chose. So you could, um, so, le so let's, I'm familiar with Choose Your Own Adventure books. Mm -hmm. So the way they work, you read all the stuff and you're given a choice at the end. So right. in this book, I haven't seen this manuscript, <laughs> uh, at the end it'll say, hey, if you want to see the next thing in chronological order, go to this page right. and go to this page. And, right. Okay. And they're all in their own order, which is alphabet alphabetical by, sh by movie title? By movie title, yeah. Okay. Um, what way would you suggest? I would suggest thematic order. Hmm. Um, Not chronological? That way it works as well. I think that it's... I think either way would probably work, work well. I, I've gone through in both ways. And so mm -hmm. it's interesting just to sort of see... The reason why I said thematic is because it's interesting to see how, how many times... I have found myself in similar situations <laughs> in various years and points in my life, different countries that I've lived in. It's like, really, we're here again. <laughs> so let's give an example. Um, a good one. Well, how risque can line. I be on this? Uh, you can be as risque as you want. Podcast. I don't yeah. know what you want. Like, I'm not. I'm do you not, want an example of a PG, a PG-13, or an R story? I'm not looking to go to the toilet. I'm just looking. <laughs> yeah, if it, if it's funny, it's funny. So I'm looking for entertaining. Well, one of the stories that I have that is particularly self-deprecating, I think, is uh, is one that taught me about the, the perils of drinking too much alcohol. Mm -hmm. And uh, it happened when I was in college and I had a, I was on the study abroad program called Semester at Sea. Mm -hmm. And that is basically, it's a huge like cruise ship full of 650 college students from around the world. Sounds like a great idea. And it's like a we, booze cruise. It was called Semester at Sex was the name that, that had been, uh, it had been retitled, but um, Fortunately, I didn't have any sex the whole time, but whatever. <laughs> well, then let's pick a different story. Um, well, <laughs> the reason I bring this one up is because I had a massive crush on this guy that was uh, a good friend of mine. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the semester, we had like a prom kind of thing of sorts on the on the ship. And which, by the way, I just to ex clarify what semester at sea was. It wasn't yeah, just a do. booze cruise. <laughs> yeah, was, that's what it sounds like. You go, you you travel around the world on this ship for a hundred days, and you go to ten different developing countries along the way. And Ugh. so you study, <laughs> you study while you're on the ship, and then when you go into the ports, then you show all the poor people how smart you are. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> No, it was, it was actually a life-changing experience of being on this because it uh -huh. was a way of seeing the world and in many ways, yeah, realizing how fortunate we are, and or at least that I am, mm -hmm. but um, and opening your eyes to the world outside of your own bubble. Mm -hmm. But to culminate this experience, right before the, the semester ended, we had this ambassador's ball on the boat and um, and everybody sort of called it prom because we got dressed up and had dinner and dancing and all that kind of so you, you packed a ball gown in your no I actually had purchased a long piece of silk fabric when we were in India mm -hmm. and then when we were in Vietnam I had my measurements taken and had it made into a dress in Vietnam in Vietnam 
Mm. So it was fabric bought in India, dress made in Vietnam. Mm. Isn't that how the world, I think that's how the world works anyway. Yeah, except that usually usually it's then shipped to us (laughs) rather than us going there ourselves. (laughs) Most people aren't hand delivering (laughs) silk to Vietnam. But, um, so that was what I wore. And I had shoes, like these big platform shoes that I bought in Malaysia. So I had, I was all decked out, looking good. Uh And then it all went to hell. Because uh, I hope uh, so. Oh, this isn't going to someplace good. But uh, so I ha- my date for the evening was this guy who was my best friend who I had this big crush on and was trying to subliminally make him fall in love with me by mm-hmm. like being awesome all the time. Right. And uh, instead, Which I is just draining. It's very difficult. It's draining and it's impossible. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I ended up just drinking way too much alcohol. Mm-hmm. I think I had I don't even want to say, mm-hmm. and um, and then videotaped the entire evening. Oh, and no. I did not remember anything that I had videotaped, but mm. because it was on videotape, I had poster had it for posterity and was able to look at it the next day <laughs> and for many days after and see just how obnoxious I was. <laughs> so that uh, terrible. Yeah. So rather than um, rather than win over the good graces of my friend, I had him videotape me making out with other guys. So that was that was that, that was, was your plan. That was one of the things that happened. No, that was certainly not my plan. But that's what alcohol can do to you is make you. I've never make, had. Like, a... Oh, you're not getting it from this guy. Maybe you'll get it from this guy. Or him. Don't or make him, him watch. <laughs> so why was he videotaping? Was he some kind of weirdo? Was this like a? No, I think I just handed it to him and said, "Hey." You brought a videotape with you? Everybody had like, everybody had video cameras on this This ship. was in, the, what, the 90s? This was 2001. 2001. <laughs> yeah. I think in 94. Yeah, so this was right when like we were starting to go digital. Yeah, when you said videotape, I was like, oh my God, that has to be you know pre-2000. Mm-hmm. So you had not one of those big VHS things. No, that... no, it wasn't one of those. It it had those little DV tapes is mm-hmm. what it is what yeah. they took. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, and you gave it to him and you said, Hey, watch this. Apparently. Were, I don't know. Do you still have this tape? I do. I do. Do you really? Yeah. That was how I was able to write this story. I went back cause I, I had this story. I remembered this happening, mm-hmm. but I didn't really remember the details of it. And so I went back and watched the video and almost wanted to jump out the window because <laughs> I was so embarrassed at my behavior. And, uh, and I was like, I have to write this down. And so it, the chapter sort of goes by a minute by minute. Whoa, like you live like, texted the, of uh, like I've yeah seen. and here's where i called this girl hot 22 times and oh and here's where i the latent uh, homosexuality theme comes up again apparently apparently it's always sort of been simmering there is there right mm-hmm. there um is there any way i can upload that video to the to the website um no <laughs> well i want people to follow when they when they get the book i want them to be able to follow along with the video okay can we do that no <sighs> All right, so what, give me another story. <laughs> All right, another story. Um, that to be, you, how about a success story? There aren't any success stories. None? <laughs> um, no success stories? Well, that's not... Is this an, an inspirational not, book? <laughs> that's not a... Well, one of the things also that appealed to me about writing this book is that I am not a fan of romantic comedies. I don't think life works that way. And so I... I, it didn't. I didn't want to have a book that has like a happy ending. You can lie to me. I'm not gonna let you lie to my millions of followers. <laughs> I know you like romantic comedies. I really don't. Um, there are some that I like just for entertainment purposes, but like I end up getting very irritated at the end of most romantic comedies, where I really like the movie until the last ten minutes, and then I'm mm. like, oh, 
that of course is they're going to get together. Well. That's not yeah. how it works. You exactly. die alone and miserable. What do they do unhappy? Exactly. And, yeah, so that's love. why the end of this book is is well, I, without giving away the ending. I am still single, so that sort of gives <laughs> yeah. that away. Yeah. yeah. But um, I don't know. I guess a success story. The first story that I have in there is is pretty fun. It's just uh, the story of my first boyfriend in fifth grade, and he was back in those days when you would ask somebody out by writing them a note that said, will you be my boyfriend? Circle, yes, no, maybe so. Mm-hmm. And I had gotten my note back that said yes, and I was so excited. And then he came over and sat next to me. And oh my God. As, as a Things way, heated up pretty as a way of, a, of an homage to uh, our relationship, I suppose, I had taken some <laughs> Elmer's glue. Love that stuff. And put it on the top of my hand and waited for it to dry and he sort of watched me do it the, all of, all the while there was a movie i think it was pollyanna that we were watching as a class so this is what we were doing when we were supposed to be paying attention to the film uh-huh. and um so i put like elmer's glue on my hand and waited for it to dry and he very patiently watched and curiously was like looking at me like i don't know where this is going yeah. and uh and then i took a red pen we were all you know required to have red mm-hmm. pens for peer grading purposes and uh, and I wrote I heart, and then his name mm-hmm. on there, and uh, and then I took it and peeled it off ever so gently, Ew. and gave it to him as a gift. <laughs> so this is this basically is your, your gift. skin. Yeah, this this is <laughs> your gift print. for this is how I profess my love to you. And what did he do? Did he, was he supposed to eat it? Was he supposed he, to He just it? sort of had it there on his desk and took, and, and <laughs> oh, took really? the took the bait and made his own version of. Oh, he got the ritual. And, yeah, and so he put and he put his little I heart Libby on his hand. However, when he started to peel it off, he wasn't quite as um You'd done graceful, this once or twice, yeah. Graceful as I was, and it came off in multiple pieces. And that should have been like a foreshadowing, I guess, yeah, I for so. the relationship because shortly uh, thereafter it ended and it crumbled like the Elmer's glue that stuck to Yeah. Me. Yeah. Do you still yeah. have this? The glue? Uh, yeah. Uh, n- no, I think that that didn't make it past 1990. <laughs> I thought you would have had it. I honestly thought you would have had it. No. Sorry to disappoint. No, it is no. Dis- that is disappointing. Um, now, when you gave him the note, mm-hmm. I just want to see how, because when we passed notes, mm-hmm. it was, I don't know if you remember, when people had pencils, mm-hmm. they didn't hold it correctly, mm-hmm. they'd have like these little things that went on the pencil. Yeah, and the little go, gripper stuff. Yeah, yeah. To, so some like nowadays they're really small and mm-hmm. they're very. But these the ones we had were shaped like a big triangle with a yeah. hole in the middle. Yeah, yeah. And what we would do is, <laughs> I mean, this is amazing. <laughs> we would take the note and we'd roll it up like a joint, basically, and okay. stick it inside. Really? Yeah. That's very creative. And then you would, then you would, oh, whoops! And you'd you'd swipe your hand across the desk and it would go flying towards the person. You guys were way craftier. And then they would bend down, pick it up, and then unroll it. And, of course, if you gave it to a girl, there were three heads that kind of, you know, rubbernecked up and were looking and reading the note. (laughs) And that's how we did it. Or we did, and I don't know why we did this. Uh Uh-huh. We did, like, a pass it on kind of deal. So you would write a note, Mm -hmm. and you'd say, like, hey, pass it on. Yeah. Give this to to Levy. Mm -hmm. And then he would, you know, they would go down. And the problem was... You could control the people in your immediate area. So, like, two hands down, you could control it. Right. Once it got to that third person, they'd be like, you know, basically. They could do whatever they wanted. And with they would it. open it and read yeah. it and giggle. And it would be very embarrassing. Yeah. And then the teacher would get a hold of it, and then she'd read it in front of the class. Mm-hmm. Oh, see, we actually, that was something I only ever saw in movies or TV shows. I don't think I ever had a teacher who read the note aloud in class. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, I think it depended on what was in the note. Mm-hmm. You know? I mean, if it was 
sexually graphic. I don't think that they would have read it in front of the class. Right. But I think they did it to like, hey, we're going to embarrass you. Don't. You yeah. Know, it's public humiliation. Although what was way more embarrassing was just knowing that somebody else had read it and was then talking to all of your friends about it. Yeah. It was weird how like self-conscious people were. Back oh, then. yeah. I remember I did one really stupid thing um, where I there was this girl that I dated in sixth grade. Dated? Wow. Dated. By dated, I meant I saw her one time. Mm -hmm. at the We met at a swing set. And she had those, <laughs> I remember, oh God, I remember it so like it was yesterday. She had on these jean pants, of uh, jean, jean jeans, mm -hmm. no jeans. <laughs> Dude, <we laughs> Otherwise known jeans. as jeans. We're <laughs> <laughs> yeah, commonly referred to as jeans. <laughs> and they were, I don't it's remember. It's a weird kind of pants. They're made of denim. <laughs> <laughs> I realized how stupid I just sounded. Uh, I'm going to edit that out. So oh, she had, don't. they had, um, rips in them like um axel rose rips. yeah yeah and there was blue bandanas underneath yeah those were popular in the oh 80s like God. the late 80s so this was definitely in the 90s i think really no you were yeah. in sixth grade yeah in no. the 90s yeah absolutely no that was in the late much. 80s 89. It was like, well, uh, anyway anyway <laughs> i didn't realize you were such a fashion connoisseur with the z cavarici I, jeans and i had z cavarici <laughs> i had jabot you know, do you even know what jabots are i have no uh -oh. idea they're so I'm, awesome hyper color shirts yeah, yeah. all about it because you couldn't wash them because then they would get screwed up right anyway uh, continue anyway yeah i like where this is going so um, I remember, I remember it like it was yesterday, and I, and she was way prettier than I was. Like, <laughs> she was way prettier than I was handsome, and I was like, what, what am I doing with this beautiful girl? <laughs> and we met once, and it was magical. And then, yeah, you know, how those things go, they kind of disappeared. And I moved after that year, but somehow, through a strange twist of fate, she was friends with my best friend at that time, who I still kept in touch with, his sister. Okay. I don't want to give names. So they were in close contact, you know, and for some reason, like a year or so later, I thought it would be a good idea to send her a note, but I sent her an audio note. So oh. I took like um, a cassette recorder and I recorded something. I don't wow. know. Wow. And I sent it to, and I, I trusted my friend not to listen to it. And I don't think he did. And he took it to her and I don't know that he ever gave it to her. I think I, I ended up getting it back and I have not listened to it. Oh, do you still have it? I still have it, and I don't know that I want to listen to it because much like your experience, I feel like I will be gripped with an embarrassment yeah. that will <laughs> that I just will not be able to shake and will affect mm -hmm. my life. <laughs> I, but, well, honestly, but, what if, but what if it changes your life for the better? What if you realize something about yourself? That I loved her and that I should get her back? Well, and that you had a way with words when you were in... Sixth grade, seventh grade. <laughs> I had a way with words then <laughs> that I haven't figured out by now, I think. But it um, could be a little reminder of like how life was simpler back then. It could be. I think the negative clearly outweighs the positive. Oh, but negative for nobody but you. Think about the good you could do for the rest of the world to like <laughs> for all the other sixth this, graders that impart are... this to us because I know I would like to hear this. I think this is a selfish plea to listen to this on your part. I don't know that I'll ever listen to it. Uh, I don't know that I could ever, I really don't think I will. Mm -hmm. But these are the stupid things that we did, mm -hmm. you know, when we were kids. Sure. So I can relate fully to this book is basically what I'm saying. Okay, or at least to that story. To, at least to that story. <laughs> now, how can we get a hold of this book? When is it gonna be out? Uh, I don't know, It's it still is, it's completed, but I believe I'm referring to this completion as a rough draft because mm. I think it's going to go through quite a bit of 
edits. What was that? What was that? <laughs> that was my foot scraping on the floor. <laughs> Whoa, that was loud. <laughs> there it is again. <laughs> I'm going to definitely edit that out. So it, it's in the rough drop phase. Well, yeah, I, I'm. it's going to go through some, some edits and changes to make mm -hmm. sure that it is up to the caliber that I would like for it to be. Like changing the main character to a man and making it about men's things or what yeah what? and making it really depressing and <laughs> yeah. um and, and all about a woman's take on men's issues yeah <laughs> <laughs> i like it will there be any blood or stuffing or there, <laughs> spaghetti that be, sauce that seems to be a theme in your um, work i'll tell you that there is what there actually is is there are a few scenes with vomit Ugh. um not ever mine <laughs> um there are a few scenes with blood Ew. Sometimes mine. Ew. Um, <laughs> what did you do? <laughs> uh, there's a lot of scenes with alcohol. Mm. Um, and a lot of scenes with, not a lot, but a few scenes with some ejaculate, gotta say. Ejaculate? <laughs> <laughs> that word is just really funny. Ejaculate. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to recover as a professional. <laughs> you kind of got me off guard there. Okay, well, that's good. So, <laughs> is that on the back of your cover? Is it, if you ever the want to picture? read stories? <laughs> 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 you want to read stories about um, blood, vomit, and ejaculate? Yeah, well, actually, my, my tagline for it is after being shot in the eye with ejaculate, uh, vomited on during foreplay, and. Um, <laughs> What was my third one? About blood. Oh, wait. You're losing everybody. I'm Everyone's losing it. I know. You this lost, is the problem. Everyone's gone. Um, but anyway, the next best step seemed to be to write a book yes, about that it. Yes, makes sense. So, well, I'm gonna, when that comes up, I'm going to update it because I really want to read this. I don't want to read my parts, but um, I definitely want to read it. But uh, so as a, as Oh, a, and I remember the third one. Right, what is it? Slapped in the private parts with another man's flaccidity. <laughs> <laughs> that story starts out with whack, whack, whack. <laughs> you have a way with words. <laughs> I never want to be slapped with anyone's flaccidity. Uh, well, now, as a, so, as a very awkward segue, mm -hmm. you are now um, doing narrative uh, audiobooks. Yes. Is that true? <laughs> I am. I am narrating audiobooks. Including your own book. Uh well, when it yeah, when it's done, when it's published. Yeah. So um, I'm not narrating the children's book. You're not? Well, I don't think that really needs an audiobook form. You don't think so? Well part of the appeal is the illustrations. I have a wonderful illustrator mm -hmm. for that. And so you wouldn't be able to view her genius if you that's true only were able to hear it that's true so what kind of books are you narrating uh it runs the gamut i've done some some the first one was a novella of sorts it was mm -hmm. a little thriller attempt um they're not always winners these books but um but then i've also narrated uh an audiobook on hot yoga mm -hmm. which is funny because i actually am like, like a how-to it's it's on the benefits of hot yoga and mm -hmm. how it can how it can benefit your body, mm -hmm. and uh, you'd never know that I am the worst example of a hot yogi <laughs> that there is. Why? Uh, well, my story that's actually a story that's in my my book as well as mm -hmm. my hot yoga story because I um, 
I had an experience a couple of years ago where I had, there was this guy that I had a big crush on and he was really into yoga and he and his roommate were trying to convince me at this like barbecue about how yoga would change my life and how I really needed to, to do yoga. And I was like, I don't know. I like running. That's what I do for mm. my exercise. And it's like, I don't really like yoga because I never feel like I'm sweating. Like I'm not really doing a lot. Uh -huh. And so he said to me, he was like, okay, if you, he's like, I'll tell you what, I'll if you do yoga for 10 days and at the end of that 10 days you can come over to our house and we'll make you a really extravagant gourmet meal so i was like all right this might be a good way to get into this guy's apartment and then later into other places and sure. so um 10 days in a row uh, in a 10-day period, and I think he said i needed to go like seven or eight times or something like that in that 10-day okay. period now we're talking hot yoga no, this was just yoga just in general. Just regular old yoga. Yeah. So, and these two guys did two different forms of of yoga. And so I said, I was like, I don't know anything about yoga. I'll do this. I'll take this bet. But what what kind of yoga should I do? Because I want to feel like I'm actually accomplishing something. And so the, the guy was like, okay, well, if you really want to sweat, you should do Bikram because mm. that'll make you sweat. And I was like, all right, I don't know what that is. And he said, it's hot yoga. So I was like okay that still didn't really mean much to me mm. and so the next day or two days later whatever it was i had made arrangements to uh, meet with this guy at this yoga studio to do hot yoga and i prepared myself as what i thought i needed to do which was just wearing like you know shorts and a t-shirt and i think i i didn't eat anything for a while because i was like oh i don't want to have a full stomach and when you do Whatever. yoga? When you yeah. do yoga. I don't know. I didn't know anything about yoga. So I show up, and I'm not sure how aware you are of what Bikram is, but it is done in 100 degrees plus uh -huh. in the room as the temperature. And I walked into this studio after a class had just ended, and oh, so it, smell, it smelled oh, like... Human. Like an asshole. Like it <laughs> Can I say that? <laughs> I guess, I guess it smelled... So. It smelled your, like your feet. Words, not mine. It smelled like, like assholes and feet. A very <laughs> different smell. It smelled like the, the combination <laughs> of both. It's it was. The, I wish my asshole smelled it, like feet. It was <laughs> the most that. putrid smell, and because this class had just ended with fifty people, of like just fifty stinking. people sweating their asses off for an an hour and a half, and oh. I also didn't know it was going to be an hour and a half in there, and I don't do well with heat anyway, mm -hmm. and. So I walked into this studio and about five minutes or so before the class was to begin and I sat down next to my friend on my mat and I was sweating profusely and I looked at the clock and saw that I had been in there for like three and a half minutes. <laughs> and I was like, this is going to suck. And so... For a meal. Um, for a meal. For a meal. A meal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, so... The room is full of, of 50 people. Of feet and assholes. Who, and, and there's like no lights on in it. There's no, there's a, there's a big mirror on one of the walls. So you can stare at yourself looking more <laughs> horrible than you've ever looked before. And so, um, God. and everybody in the class was experienced because the, the instructor, when she came in, had asked if anybody was there for the first time. And I said that I was, but she had some kind of accent i can't even place exactly what her accent was i could not understand a word that this woman was saying to me and um so she and apparently throughout the, the whole bikram experience you're supposed to um 
they have the exact same script that they sort of narrate from because you're doing the exact same number of poses like any kind of Bikram class you go to it's always going to be the same and so this everybody knew what to expect they knew what was happening they knew what was coming I had no idea what was happening what was coming and all that I was trying to do was not die mm -hmm. and so I'm like going through this we get about 10 minutes in and I am leaning, we're still in like stretching phase. We're not even into poses yet. And so I lean over to touch uh -oh. my toes and I look down at my legs and see that they are, I, I felt like I was in an actual shower because they were just oh. dripping, dripping. And I think that just sent me into a little bit of a panic because a apparently panic? Yeah, you never sweat before? Appar well just seeing the amount of sweat that was coming out of my every single pore of my body because I never got up from that lean over the next thing that I remember is the sensation of a lot of pressure on my backside and that was me falling on my ass and uh, waking up about <laughs> four mats away from my own mat and so I had never experienced just what it was you? like to, no, I passed out and fell and that it was me, like I must have stumbled back when trying to roll back up and. Oh, they didn't move you and left you. No, no, no. I, I, you there. everybody was doing their pose. They were leaning down, touching their toes. They get back up. And I didn't make it back up. <laughs> so you just, I you, just you tumbled and fell over and four mats over. Mm -hmm. No one notices classes going. Oh no out no no! Time. They they noticed because all of a sudden, like I, my memory goes from looking at my sweaty legs to <laughs> all of a sudden having my eyes open and I'm on somebody else's mat, having everybody, all fifty people, including the instructor, <laughs> staring at me. Uh, now that's like a movie. <laughs> so, I, and I'm like, what just? And my friend, who I had the crush on, was like uh, yeah. there that and was, the that. was looking at me and laughing. <laughs> and they escorted me out of the space. And apparently, they're not supposed to do that because apparently, people do pass out in Bikram often, and or not often, but sometimes at least. Enough. And um, and you're supposed to just stay there in the space and deal with it, and you know, process through it, and then you can continue. I guess the reason they escorted me out is because it happened 10 minutes into the 90 minute class. <laughs> so they're like, this person's a lost cause. Like, get, her, get her out of here. So um, so I, get, I went out, they gave me like coconut water and they were very nice about the whole thing. And they were like, if you want to go back in, then that's fine. And I had- If not, the, we totally understand. I had the intention of going back in, but mm -hmm. I couldn't stop my body from like, shaking and convulsing for the next hour so I was just like mm, you know what I think I'm gonna go home and never return so um but I did end up getting my meal because I did do I did do regular yoga regular yoga after that but anyway point being I narrated this audiobook on hot yoga and <laughs> like oh yeah I'm I'm the prized person to be talking about the benefits of that did that make it into your book the fact that I narrated the audiobook, no, because that happened after. But no, the, the story, story itself, yeah, that's in, in there. Did you end up closing the deal with this guy? Or no. No. No, didn't happen. I had my meal, and that was the last time I saw him. <laughs> well, <laughs> like he, well, he's a man of his word. Most depressing story ever. <laughs> yeah. That's really sad. Yeah. At least he's a man of his word. i got to give him that. That's true. It wasn't a gourmet meal. It was spaghetti, but, you know. You want spaghetti? What is this? That's true. 
<laughs> Look at you. That's You're onto something. I do it. I'm, I, see this, <laughs> I see everything. I see patterns from this point of view. So now you, you, you narrated a book with your brother. I did. You were telling me this story. Let's hear this. Let's hear this. This is great. <sighs> okay. So my brother and I started to get into this whole idea of audiobook narration and I auditioned for this particular book. It was a novella and it was um, the title of it was A Woman's Name and yet the book was being narrated or the narrator of the book was a man. Well, it's a man's name who is a woman. No, no, no. It's the... the can I say, I don't know if I want to like... No, no, don't think of the name. The way you explained it to me was the name of the book is actually a man's name who happens well, to be a woman. Well, it can go both ways. Let's say Alex, because it was... Okay. Because it was... Let's just say the name of the book was Alex. Okay. And so I assumed that... And it has a woman on the cover mm -hmm. and like very looking very seductive. Mm -hmm. And so I figured that... And they said that they were looking for a female narrator, so I submitted my audition. The author of the book responded to me and he said, I loved your audition. I think that you're great. Um, but I also want to have a male narr narrator. Do you know any men that you know are able or willing to do this? And so I said, as a matter of fact, I do. And so I had my brother, who was living with me at the time, as my counterpart to this narration, and he was. And so we submitted our audition together. And then the author comes back and he said, "You guys sound great together. What's this guy's name?" And I said, "Jason." And so um, and I said, "Jason Clearfield." And so he said, "Oh, your husband." So I, I let him think that I didn't correct that, like just because I didn't think it really mattered either mm -hmm. way. And so I was like, fine, whatever. Yeah. Sure. And so we narrate this book and it is the worst book I've ever read <laughs> in my life. It is actually, it, I think it should be an example of bad writing. Yeah. I think everybody who takes a writing course should have to read this book <laughs> like so that school. you would know this is how to not do it. Uh, read, um, read that and Huck Finn should be <laughs> standard in high school. Oh, my God. I, I mean, it had, and part of the reason why I think it was so poorly written is because the narration would change in a way that was not organic at all. Like, it wasn't the kind of thing where it, you, can, you can read many books that different chapters have a different point, person's point of view. Mm. That's fine, and that's innovative, but... What this one would do is in the middle of a paragraph, it would change its narrator. And for example, the entire, the entire book really had the point of view of this one guy for the first two thirds. And then all of a sudden, your main character dies and it gets taken over by another guy who is exactly like the first narrator, but is completely unrelated. And really? so, but it's the... It's a, this misogynistic character who uh -huh. is, who's 25 years old, but like, there there is actually there's a seg, but has no sense of like who, who he is or why he is being treated the way that he is in this book, and it's uh -huh. not being done in a way that actually makes any fluid sense. Okay. Let me give you an example. Okay. So, the author has a segment in the book where he says. I'm looking around the office and it's all state-of-the-art equipment in there. There's a Xerox machine which is used for making copies hmm. and next to the Xerox machine is a facsimile machine. This is commonly known as a fax. <laughs> this is actually, I'm like quoting from the book right now. And he says, this is commonly known as a fax. The way that I understand this device is it will send documents through this system and if a person on the receiving end also has a facsimile, then they can receive these documents. <laughs> Like, this is actually written in this book, and it's and it's 
written like modern day. Right. This is not a book that was written. Fax machines are getting phased out, much yeah. less like having to explain. I, I couldn't. I couldn't believe that we had to actually read this as if it was actually you know a novel idea. Right. And um, and then there was the the line that I was giving you earlier. The guy wakes up and says, um, "This guy wakes up in this room and he says." I woke up this morning and my mouth tasted like someone took a shit in it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like that's actually kind of a funny. It's funny. I think it's a funny line. Yeah. But what made it what made it really bizarre was that what had happened, what had occurred just a paragraph before, mm-hmm. was the guy was in a room with two girls and another guy, <laughs> and had taken a drink or something and passed out. Mm-hmm. And then the next paragraph begins with him being alone in this room, <laughs> feeling like his mouth tasted like shit and so um but then like two sentences later in that very same paragraph he says the girls are gone but there's the guy is still there in the room i hope he's not the one who took the shit <laughs> like as if it was like oh so this was a literal right. thing this wasn't it was metaphorical, it wasn't a meta- metaphorical <laughs> shit it was a it was real and b you're hoping it was the guy? Like, because if it was the girls, that would have been okay. Yeah, like, like, shit is shit no matter I, yeah, what oh it's going God, on. Oh my God, it was like, I just, I, I couldn't believe. That's it, awesome. Yeah, I love this book. It, yeah, so we ended up getting fired <laughs> from this experience. Why, because you reviewed it so well? Or no, we, um, Jason ended up, my brother ended up getting fired from it first because uh, the author just didn't like his narration. Mm-hmm. And... <laughs> he had the the author had sort of unfortunately gotten into a position where he was still responsible for paying me for it because the contract was actually written just with me and not with mm-hmm. with all three of us together. So I said I was like fine you want to you want to fire him whatever that sucks but I'll continue and you know continue the book but it's going to be just me and I'll read you know all parts and I'll play the male part even though I had to say some really kind of crass and disgusting things about women. It seems like women. it's very difficult for you. So, yeah. well, but there was a, there was one, there was, oh my God, I really probably shouldn't say, can I say like the P word on this thing? <laughs> sure. <laughs> so there was like, there was one, there was a sex scene that was in it, which was awkward enough trying to do that sex scene with my brother. <laughs> but, but, um, you mean slash husband? <laughs> yeah. Oh, right. That was the other thing is, yeah. yeah, he, the guy asked me at one point, he was like, so this is your husband, right? And I was like, he's actually my brother. And so he was like, oh, okay. And I didn't understand why he had that hesitation sure. in his voice at the time. I found out later it was probably because of the sex scene. Uh-huh. But, um, but we just found it to be so entertaining that, you know, we, we barreled through. But, uh, but there was a line in there, it's something to the effect of, like, is your, how's your pussy feeling or something oh, like that? God. And the response was throbbing. <laughs> From Jason? I had to say throbbing. Oh, you had to... <laughs> so, so that would have been... funnier if he said it. Yeah, well, <laughs> it still took us multiple times to try and get that out. But, but then this meant that me, me taking over as the sole narrator meant that I needed to say Table. both of these parts. <laughs> Needless to say, the author was not pleased with my rendition of the male part, so he ended up breaking our contract. So, so my first audiobook narration was not a success, but it definitely gave me some some good material. That's future. amazing. That's really, so. Do you read these books first, or how does this? I do. I read it. I read it through at least one time first, just mm. to get a general sense of 
of the characters and what the story actually is. Sure. Um, and then I'll go through it again and highlight in different colors the different characters so that I know when I need to change voices and so I can see when a character is going to reappear. Yeah. Because some of the characters you, like, you might start reading and have someone as a main person in the first few chapters and then they just disappear for whatever reason. So, yeah. you know. Wow. So you do read it. So, and so it's structured kind of like a script in a way. So, I mean, you like, you highlight the different yeah. parts and... Yeah, I, okay. I handle it very much like a script. And you're reading the whole book. Right. So there's not an abridged version or anything no, like this. No, is the whole book. How long does it take you to get through like an average 200 page, 250 page book? Um, and, and do they want a time constraint? Like, hey, we need this in an <laughs> yeah, hour. Yeah, there's always a deadline for it. No, I mean like, do you have to fit this into an hour? Oh, uh, well, when they are initially constructing their... Uh, like their piece on the website, it will say the number of pages, or I'm sorry, the number of words and the projected amount of time that they expect it to take. So if you have, like for this, this book was 34,000 words and that was expected to take, um, I think it was something like three and a half hours or so was what they expected the actual book to be. Oh, I see, okay. So as long as you can fit it in that time, and if not, like, if it does, that's that's also just an estimate. So if it ends up being less time or more time, then it's you know adjusted accordingly with your pay rate and all of that kind of stuff. But oh, that's where they're that's what they're guessing it will be. That's amazing. I've have never known anyone who's done voiceover narration. That's pretty amazing. It's fun. It's really fun because I like to do different voices and uh -huh. accents and stuff. And so this is a way for me to get to do that. Yeah, that's pretty fun. Um, well, we are. I can't believe it, but we're out of time. So let's um, <laughs> let's give your books again. So the it's um, some there's some blood on your monkey. <laughs> wow, that's, that sounds like that could be a whole other book. So, um, so there's a, a rainbow in the mud. There's a rainbow in the mud yeah. is the children's book, and that is currently available on Amazon and uh -huh. Barnes and Noble, and uh, also through the publisher, which is Trafford, uh -huh. Trafford.com. How do you spell that? T R A F F O R D. Uh huh. And, uh, what if they want signed copies? Can you get? If they want signed copies, yes, they can uh, go through me. I have a supply of copies, and so if you mm. send me through PayPal, I can accept payment, and mm. I'm happy to send and sign and mail out a copy. Now, do you do, do you have your own website? Do you have Twitter, Facebook? I do. I'm on Facebook all of the, all of the above. Well, let's give I have them. a website you know is, uh, <laughs> www.liddyclearfield.com, uh -huh. and then I also have Twitter is at Liddy Clearfield, mm -hmm. and then there's Facebook page. There's a Facebook page for the book that is Facebook.com/slash There's a Rainbow in the Mud, mm -hmm. and that's theirs with the apostrophe, mm -hmm. not uh, not there is, <laughs> and. Um, you can get any information also about I'm planning on going on some tours and doing some readings and signings in the next couple of months. So that is wonderful. It'll have all that information will be there on the Facebook page. That's wonderful. Um, Libby, thank you for sharing your personal life with me. <laughs> thank you for having me, Dan. I hope I haven't frightened you too much. No, I feel good. <laughs> uh, and thank you, everyone, for listening. Good night.